You're looking young there, man. Have you been using like a, do you use a toner or anything like that? Like a facial toner? No, no, not at all. Not at all. You know, when I was young, we used to, uh, we used to, my dad would take us over to the funeral parlor and, um, and the, you know, we would do like, uh, you know, and it was sad and everything, but on top of that, we would do a, have a candy or something and try to hide a candy in the coffin of whoever was, you know, being buried or being, you know, deceased, whoever was deceased or being buried. If, and a lot of back then, I mean, something sometimes probably three or 4% of the people, you don't know if they were fully dead or not. You know, you kind of trusted people's family back then. They said, Hey, they're dead, you know, come on over and, you know, we're going to box them up for God, you know, kind of deal. But, um, and we would try to sneak a candy in the end of the casket, you know, try to slip a gum drop in there or slip a, uh, gob stopper in there. Um, cause I guess the way we envisioned it is you, you would see, you would think, you know, then later on, you know, a week later, you'd be just by yourself relaxing or, you know, spending time with an animal or something, just, you know, or looking around or just doing anything. And you would think, oh, that God got this person and then he found the candy in there, like a tr- like a little treat, you know, like a snack or something like that, you know. I think we used to envision God kind of opening up the coffin and getting that little snack, being like, oh, yeah, here's one of my soldiers. But also, you know, here's half a handful of good and plenty that somebody snuck in there. Um, Just different times, you know. Uh, but I know you're a man of the cloth, Riley Mao. You ever do any time capsuling, any dead body time capsuling or anything like that for God? You guys do any... Stuff like that? Mm, not that I, th- uh, not that I can think of. No, can't say. You ever send like you guys do a time capsule for Christ or anything like that through church? You guys do a, you know, send a rocket up to God or anything? Was there any fun stuff like that you did as children? Um, not not for uh, religious purposes, but I mean, I've done time capsules. I've done rockets. Um, my dad's a rocket engineer. Oh um, dang! Yeah, yeah. Um. But you ever done it for God? You guys ever built something for the Lord and just jacked that thing up into the sky? No, can't say I have. Not for the Lord. I've just done it for fun. Damn. Damn. You living, man. You're living big, Riley Mal. Yeah, man. It's the big time. Let's get into it. Mississippi All Stars. You 
And that right there, that is North Mississippi All-Stars. And their band, they got a band. They are a band, actually. And that's off their album, Up and Rolling. And that's a hit right there. That's called Drunk Outdoors. And you can catch the link in the uh, information for those fellas right there. And man, I'll admit it. I'll be the first to admit it. That winter, you could just feel winter. You could just feel it. You could just feel winter. You know, a little rain came through here earlier. We're out here in the Central East out here, and a little rain passed through. Nothing much. Just God just drooling on top. Just nothing. Nothing crazy, you know. Just the Lord just drooling on us a little. Nothing heavy. And and right after it, I said, dang, something's happening. And that's winter, man. You could feel, I mean, you could, if you really, if you put your ear up to the ground, you could hear, you know, you could hear winter just slipping summer, that GHB. Just putting a little DR drug in summer's drink, man. And then zipping up that body bag on summer. Because it's just that time, man. It's like no matter what we want to do, you want to do this. You want to do kickball, volleyball, beach ball. Hell, if you just want to throw a damn pool ball at somebody. You know, you want to throw a damn, you know, stripe seven or whatever it is. You want to hum that bastard down the street. Hit your friend Curtis in the leg over there. Off East St. Mary Street. And ruin his life. Even though y'all were just kids and it was an accident. Whatever you want to do, it doesn't matter. Because Mother Nature's making her choices. She's dealing her cards. And she's putting things into play, man. And right now she's just, just slipping that winter into you. And just really baiting you with that winter. And you can hear it, man. You put your ear up to the ground. You can hear summer just... Got GHB'd out. And it's a wrap over there. Good to have you guys here, man. Thanks for being with us today. And that is uh, the North Mississippi All-Stars. Again, that is Drunk Outdoors. And they included us in that song. Uh, and some of the chorus there. And um, and man, we had a lot of Drunk Outdoors people. Uh, I was in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Probably 48 hours ago. And shout out to the fella. Some fella out there brought me a, a half pint of fresh squid ink. He could still, still, the jar was still a little wet on the outside. And shout out to that guy and the other guy. Some fella brought me a um this special rock. Kind of like a rock you heat it up in the microwave or something. And it's got, you know, keeps the devil off your back. And keeps uh, helps you with the pulmonary blood flow. So I appreciate that. I want to say thank you to both of that fellow, the jeweler and the other guy, the oceanographer, whatever, the underwater writer, whatever, the guy with the damn ink. And they gave me hell, man. Bring a, you bring a fresh thing of squid ink back through uh, TSA, they don't know how to handle it. They don't know if you're, you know, just a big fan of the perfect storm or they don't know if, I mean, they just don't, they didn't know what to do. You know, they really, really didn't know what to do over there. But I told them just honestly, I said, hey, 
This is a gift. Okay, I'm not the kind of I'm not the kind of fellow that runs around with fresh squid ink. So, Riley Miles here. What'd you get into this weekend, Riley? Uh, just a few of uh, music videos. Okay, it's a lot of fun. Okay. Um, yesterday we just did six songs in five hours. Um, at a studio down in Laverne, Tennessee. Okay. And now you guys are, wor- are like when you get out there, do you bring your own lunch with you, or you eat lunch on site, or how do you usually handle meal time? I just ate before, and then I head down there, and because you've mentioned home. you'll forget to eat when you work. Yep, all the time. Um, luckily this time I didn't. I ate before I left. Mm-hmm. I left. I did the shoot, and then we all went afterwards. Okay, little team outing, huh? Hell yeah. Okay. And now, uh, what's your bedtime usually? What time are you usually not off in the evening? Oh, man. Two, three in the morning. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. And what's the cause of that? Is there any re- is there something you're staying up? Are you waiting for something? Or you? what happened? Yeah, so I'm either editing or I go to the gym at like two in the morning because um, that's like the prime time of nobody's there, which okay. is really nice, especially during COVID. Um, but yeah, that's the main reason, the gym. And, and do you get nervous? Do you have body nerves or something? Do you, do you have, what is that? What would you not want people singing you? No. At no. that hour? I mean, do you, have, do you get nervous about your body? No, it's just the smaller gym. So there's not as much, um, equipment. And so you would have to wait for someone. Oh yeah. And so sometimes I would go out with my roommates, um, and we would go at like 5 PM because like, that's the only time we can go. Um, because they like closed earlier or whatever, like on the weekends. Um, but yeah, it's just too crowded. There's not a lot of space. So that's why I like going at night when mm. there's like nobody there. Yeah, I remember I used to go to the gym. You had to bring the barbells with you. Mm. And we'd get in my buddy's car, and he'd have probably about 360 pounds of barbells in his car. And then the bottom of his car actually ended up rotting out because of the weight and also because of rust. He had some rust issues uh, with the vehicle. But anyway, man, what else is going on? Uh, Not too much, really. You know, just kind of adapting. Went over there to Cedar Rapids, and now that if you guys aren't familiar, Cedar Rapids has been devastated by something called a derecho, and that is a Mexican land hurricane. And the real, the crazy part is, is that you know, for all of the yard and outdoor kind of outdoor finessing that a lot of Latino and specifically Mexican people do. It's crazy that then a Mexican storm would come and just ruin really a lot of the efforts and hard work. I mean, you know, you, you we, we rode across town before the storm and, uh, and I'm, or before the show, and they had, I mean, you'd see a, you know, a tree everywhere. Everybody had an extra tree in their yard, but it wasn't theirs. It had come from somewhere else. Displaced trees. You had somebody, you know, you'd have a woodpeckers just flying around, didn't know what what to do. You had woodpeckers just kind of like, oh, you know, have their wings up in there like that. Don't know what's going on. Because trees have been just, I mean, misplaced, displaced, MIA. I, I bought a carton of milk on the side. There was a picture of a tree on it. People hadn't seen it. You know, it just, it just a lot going on over there, and it just really devastated a lot of the town, a lot of the city. So, um, 
Oh, sorry. That's my alarm I set. Um, so that was interesting, man. But then we got out there, man, and we put it together out at the amphitheater. I mean, and they had it set up beautiful. You know, this is an amphitheater. And an amphitheater basically is, I mean, this, it was just, I mean, right on the river. The river's right there. And it probably had maybe 1,100 people came out and just a real, I mean, it was just a good time. It was a perfect night for it. And, you know, it just felt good. People to get out. People had driven in. You know, I, they, I met a Mexican kid, actually, who uh, from Georgia, he'd driven in. And he had a southern, ex- a southern accent, like a red Mexican or something they call them, you know. Um, and I'd never seen it before. And I kept making him talk, and we even tickled him a little to hear him giggle, you know, in kind of like a pseudo kind of, you know, kind of uh, Georgia Spanish kind of, you know, because you don't see it. You don't see a lot of that. Do you see a lot of cross racial stuff going on you, with you amongst your friends? You guys have any? You have any? You know, a black friend that sounds Swedish, or a, a you know a southern kid that has like a Mexican accent. Do you you guys seeing a lot of that, Riley? Not that extreme, but I have friends, um, or I have seen people that are um, that are either like, for example, they're Asian, but they have British accents. Oh yeah, um, I, I see that all the time. Actually, trickery. Where do you see that at? What do you mean? Like, where do you see it? Are you in part of a club or a group? Is this oh, a meetup? Yeah, I mean, I I see it like I sometimes hear people like when I'm walking down Broadway, um, and I just look over and it's an Asian dude, and he's just you know talking British. And I was like, and do you trust? Okay. Do you believe him? Yeah, yeah, because like he's he's not um, he's not like joking around. He's just talking to his friends, and like I don't know, one point he was talking about his family or something. So I was like, okay, that's like his voice. Um, same thing with the guy that I watch on YouTube named Kai, Kai W. Um, that's his, user, um, that's his, uh, channel name and he does all these tech reviews. A and black guy? No, he, he's Asian. Okay. But I didn't know he was Asian. Um, like. Cause there's black Asian now. You'll see dark Asian out there. Oh, right. Yeah. I would see that. It's um, crazy. I mean, it's just, you can't even, if you want to be racist still, it's hard. Right. You gotta have, I mean, you gotta almost do, you gotta you got to read up on stuff. Exactly. You can't even be, you know, when I was young, at least you could just be racist, you know? It was easy. It was organized. It was, you know, boom, boom, boom. No, no, no. You know? Right. But then now it's like, yeah, you got, you know, you got the Vietnam English. You know, you don't know what this guy's going to do. Right. You know what I'm saying? He's blowing, you know, he's playing a flute and they got the basket with a snake and the snake is named Winston Churchill. Like you just don't know everything's mixed up. You know, you got the the Japanese-ish and you know, you got a guy who's Swedish and Japan and Japanese. You know, you got a guy from um, Alabama, you know, who's also 100% German and this guy's Alabaman. It just doesn't end. It just, it's getting, the waters are getting muddied. Right. You know? I mean, you can't even do a hate crime anymore, really. Unless you have, I mean, you got to have, you almost have to have the Ancestry 23 paperwork. You got to have, you got to call somebody's grandparents. You got to just get so much confirmation, it's not even worth the gas money you're going to spend to drive across town and burn down somebody's front porch or whatever. 
It's just different times, man. We had a lot of nice calls that came in, though, man. Let me hit this hotline real quick. 985-664-9503 is the hotline. And um, just people calling in and just sharing a lot of different thoughts as we've migrated into this new territory over here in, uh, in the Central East, gang. Yeah, what up, dude? Uh, I just wanted to say I respect you a lot. Um, I, I know how it is to relocate and put a lot on the line just because of an idea. And, uh, that's how you get anything done that all starts with an idea. And I know it's probably really uncomfortable right now being out of your comfort zone and, and being new to Nashville. But I just want to let you know that you are on the forefront of starting something really cool outside of los angeles uh and well thanks man i appreciate it you know it's uh you know i I definitely had a week uh where i was real real scared actually like what am i doing um and that was actually last week you know uh just what am i doing um and i realized part of it was i wasn't really making as much uh effort you know, not only do I need to go somewhere, not only do I have to try to get work going, but then also I, I need I need to be active. You know, I need to actively be trying to bring joy into my life each day. Um, and so that's one thing that, you know, I got back from Cedar Rapids uh, yesterday, and that's one thing I've just been trying to do since, I, since I've gotten back, and it's just one of my goals now. It's like, well, how do I... You know, how do I really, I want to be able to say I gave, um, that I've given, sorry if I'm, I'm doing some belches because I've had a, uh, zero calorie soda. But, um, I want to be able to say I've given this my, uh, my best foot forward. You know, that's what I want to be able to say. And so, you know, I got in last night, I was feeling kind of a little bit bummed out. I said, you know what, I'm gonna make myself a spaghetti dinner. You know, do this, grill up, you know, boil the noodles and then grill them. I do grilled spaghetti. That's how I do it. A lot of people do this old-fashioned, just straight-up wet shit. Dude, F is all, son. I'm grilling the spag, dog. That's how I do it. I, I knew, you know, I get the noodles good, then I grill them up. Hit them with the meat sauce. And uh, so I made myself some spaghettis, did some running, <clears throat> did some uh, yoga after. And now I'm just back and, and, and then just decided, you know what, I'm going to go to bed at a decent hour. Um, and I read, I did a little bit of reading. I'm just, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to like actually like say, hey, man, do some things to make to take care of yourself. You know, I think that will help making make being in a new place easier no matter where it is. And I read a book too. I'm reading it actually. It's not fully read. But this book is partially read by me so far. And a book by Mike Lindell. You heard of this fellow Riley Mal? I have not. You read a lot? Sometimes it depends. Depends what I read. Sound like you don't read that much, but I'll tell you right now about this book. This book by Michael Lindell is My Pillow. You ever heard of My Pillows? The the TV commercial My Pillows? Yeah. Yep. So the man was doing crack 
the man was a crack addict. For at least 190 pages of the book, he's smoking crack. You can almost smell the crack. It would almost be cool if they had put a scratch and sniff on the page where you could smell a crack a little. Because I've never smoked crack, to be honest with you. But I always wish that I had. Um, but anyway, throughout the book, he's smoking crack. And he's doing this and that. And he's struggling. And um, man, it's a fascinating story. The story's fascinating. I mean, people I know sometimes on, on Twitter give the guy a hard time. You know, he's a pretty devout Republican, and he's, um, uh, I, I don't know what else he is. I mean, he, I think he's a uh, Vikings fan. But the man was smoking crack and then made one of the most successful pillars of all time. You know, name another. Can you name another pillar, Riley? Um, yeah, the, uh, what do you call it? Um, why can't I yeah. think of it? The- you can't think of it because you can't think of it, dude. And the, that's the, why. The uh, ther- therapy, therapeutic. Um, no. No? Nope. That's a mattress. You're, t- you're talking Tempur-Pedic. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Pillow is just for your head. Mattress is for your body. Right. And so what I'm telling you about is this man was smoking crack and then he made one of the most successful pillows of all time. And that doesn't happen on accident. That doesn't happen on accident. If you're smoking crack for 20, 30, 40 years, the odds of you making one of the most successful pillows of all time is very small. And so what I'm saying is, man, and I appreciate the call, and what I'm saying is just like, yeah, it's hard to, you know, sometimes you got to take that chance. But not only that, you got to put your best foot forward. And so I feel like we're trying something new out here. Um, but at the same time, we, we're also trying to put our best foot forward. But thank you for that call, man, for the good uh, for the good fortune. Uh, I, I'm fortunate to have people that just care how I'm doing. You know, a lot of calls came into the hotline this week of just people just, hey, man, how's it going over there? What's going on? You know, people offering suggestions and things like that. I got to ask you, are you thinking about home warranty coverage? Well, with an American Home Shield plan, you're prepared when stuff breaks down in your home. If something breaks in your home, do you have any clue what to do right now, Riley Mao? Um, All right. So what what I'm talking about is the not so easy to fix, sometimes pretty expensive stuff like your refrigerator, heating and air conditioning, plumbing and electrical. And believe me, when it happens, not if, you're really going to be glad you have a plan in place to see what American Home Shield covers and save $50 off any plan. Go to ahs.com slash t-h-e-o be sure with the shield policy genius guys are you a genius nope well that really answers it doesn't it because policy genius saves their home and auto customers an average of one thousand one hundred and twenty seven dollars a year by shopping top rated insurers in one place yep they do it if you're thinking one thousand one hundred and twenty seven dollars is a strange amount it is but in crunching the numbers, which is one of the things Policy Genius does best, 
their marketplace figured out that's exactly how much they save each customer. All you have to do is head to policygenius.com and answer a few quick questions about yourself, about your property, about your goods. After that, Policy Genius does all the work. They do it. They'll compare your existing policy with all the policies that are out there. They're checking the marketplace. You don't have to. If Policy Genius finds a better rate than what you're currently paying, they'll get you switched for free. They have a five-star rating plus over 1,600 reviews on Trustpilot and Google. So if you're a homeowner, head to policygenius.com right now to get started. They've saved their home and auto insurance customers an average of $1,127 a year. That's a specific number, but they are very specific. That's right. Go to policygenius.com right now to get started. All right, let's take this call right here. What's up, Theo? This is Luke calling from the southern Indiana, Louisville area. Luke! I think you're going to like living along the I-65. You know, you can go all the way up to Chicago, go down to the beach. Uh, but Well, I appreciate you saying that. Also, I would like to say anybody who, I love you, Luke, but also anybody who references you're going to love living along a certain interstate is 95 out of 97 times a serial killer. I think that's safe to say. I think that's safe to say. You know anybody that's been serial killed, Riley? I don't. No. Well, live a little, brother. I have two friends who have uh, family members who have been victims of serial killers, or SKs, they call them. Let's hear more, Luke. But, you know, there's a lot of people calling in about getting sober and then uh, just having a void there. And I think Riley would agree with me that that void could be filled in a church community. Uh, Nashville's full of bunch of really great churches i've been down there in a few churches and uh you know even i know you've been to church before and even if you're not religious you know i think there's a lot of good people there and uh, amen brother i appreciate that suggestion and there's a ton of churches here i've made a bunch of u-turns usually in church parking lots because they're empty a lot of times and you can and they're everywhere so especially here out here in the central east you'll see that sort of deal you you know, a U-turn is popularly done in a church parking lot, which isn't bad either because you kind of zip through, you know, you get in there, get a little, you know, get that quick hit of the Lord in your brain and then you're back out on your route. But I appreciate that, man. I love, you know, I love churches. You know, I love, uh, you know, I love the camaraderie. When I was growing up, my dad used to take us over there to the Presbyterian Church. And he would uh, put his business cards in the damn uh, basket that went around. You know, the Dollars for God basket. He'd throw his business card in there. He always thought it was they were, grab, they were uh, drawing for free lunch. So he'd throw a couple business cards in there. And he didn't even have any business. My dad didn't even have a business. His business card had his name on it and his phone number. So I don't, I mean I don't I guess I guess that's business. I don't know. This was back when you know in these eight these times if you were even a man you were considered doing business. Just by the simple fact of being male you were considered a businessman. Oh, he does business that fella. Look at him. 
the guy with the beard, with the wiener. Oh, that means business. And so I guess he would throw the card in the church in the money basket. I don't know what he thought. But he never won a lunch or anything like that. But I used to love it. You know, I used to love also going to the church and doing the Easter egg hunt. And my brother was fast and he had dark skin and people would say, oh, look at that. Look at that little Puerto Rican fella getting all the eggs. But it was different times, man. Riley Mao, I know you have uh, Japanese roots. Eggs are sacred in Japanese. Don't you guys have Fabergé eggs? And, you know, a lot of times it's certain, I'll see a designed egg. Um, I, honestly, I don't even know what that is. I've never seen one. Um, yeah. Wow. I have no idea what you're talking about. Wow. I'm sorry. That's all right, man. Why know your history? That's the thing about kids now. They don't need to know their history. Who cares? How'd you get here? I don't know. Space shuttle. Who's your dad? Elon Musk. Every, it doesn't matter. Every kid thinks they was born in a Tesla. You know, their baby crib is Tesla baby. They don't even know. They power down at 2 a.m. They don't need lunch. Are these people human anymore? That's my big question. Sorry to put that on you, Riley, but. No, totally fine. But you got to know the number one, you know, when I was young, a lot of times we would learn about different cultures in school, you know, and not that often. But every now and then they'd have us make a Fabergé egg. And it's a special type of Asian egg where they draw the history of Asia on the outside of it. So you'll see a fellow on a cruise, you know, on a ship or on a, you know, you'll see somebody doing a, you know, hitting somebody with a sword or a, you know, somebody at a temple, you know, just history. And they put it on the egg. Let's take another call that came in here. Thanks for the good wishes, though, man. And I do think, uh, you know, there's a lot to be found at church, actually. And actually, Riley, you might know, do you have a, you know, is there a special memory you have from church uh, as a child, you know? Man, I've got many. Um, like I said in one of the previous episodes, my um, my home church is Eastside, Eastside Christian Church. And, okay. Know, it's a big mega church. And, like, our worship is just amazing. Our Christmas services are super spectacular they're so unique do you have um, real animals in them no mm. unfortunately not um we're not one of those kind of churches yet at least i don't know if they have i don't know if they ever will but i don't think they will yeah i've been to one i bought tickets to the one out there in california had real animals at it dang real animals real elephant real giraffe baby coming right down the aisle wow yeah pretty crazy yeah they had a um they had a camel actually that defecated on the stage and then it got sick and they had to have a they had to suspend one of the services but um oh, anyway tell me more about what you were saying yeah and um, what's a specific memory something you enjoyed um i i would say definitely the all the christmas services because they're not just our normal christmas or our normal services or normal any christmas services that you see anywhere else like mm -hmm. we've got snow coming from the ceiling we've mm. got like we go all out but there's always this one tradition where um at the end we always sing silent night together mm. three times oh three times in a row three times in a row Woo. yep you can't forget it exactly see when i was young they sang it one time and you knew it mm. 
And that's the difference now. You got to sing Silent Night three times for the youngsters. That's a, it just, you, if you want it to have it, if you want to have a real sentimental imprint, you, you just got to hit them hard. You got to hit them hard. Did y'all do the egg hunts over there? For Easter? Yeah. Um, No, well, are you talking about church or like just in general? Church. Uh, church, no. Okay. Well, could be a good church, could not be a good church. I'm not saying anything about East Side, man. You know, they sound like a, it sound like a great outfit. But, it, you know, hot an egg. Hot an egg if you want to keep the kids involved. That's what that, that, that was a motto by our church. But, um, all right, let's hear one more call that came in, man. Hey, Theo, this is Ben Smith out of Arkansas. Ben Smith. Thank you for calling, brother. I appreciate it, man. And Arkansas is a good place. A lot of geodes up there and geodes. Or geodes. I'm not even sure how you pronounce that. Geodes. Geod. Onward. I just poured the morning coffee. It's uh, Tuesday morning. About to head into work. Have some quiet time first. Man, I just wanted to say uh, congrats on moving to uh, the central part of the country. It's a good place. Uh, I'm excited for you to experience fall in Tennessee, man. We're we're almost there. It's going to get cool weather. All the leaves are going to change colors. It's everybody's favorite time of year, you know? Oh, yeah. Hey, man, I just wanted to say also, uh, you know, moving to a new spot is hard. I've, I've moved around a bunch um, to some weird places. I got to live in Central America for a while. I lived out in Arizona. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to jump out on a limb here, man. But if you're living in Central America and Arizona, it sounds like you're trying to be Mexican or Spanish or Latino. So I don't want to check in, uh, you know, you know, I don't want to body check you up in the coat of arms, but, you know, you might want to look at your roots and make sure what's going on is what's going on. Because it sounds like you might be, maybe you were adopted. You know, I don't just get called to a certain area. You know, if I find myself hanging out in Cameroon or uh, Nigeria, after a while, I'm going to start wondering, you know, who my real father is, brother. Onward. Moved around a little bit. And, man, you know, it's it, it's hard being somewhere for a while at first, you know. It, uh, it takes a while to get into that rhythm. So um, hang in there, dude, and, and uh, know that this is like, Probably the uh, the hardest part of uh, moving to a new place is, is the, the time you're in right now. So, well, thanks, man. It's nice you to say that. Yeah, yeah. I think some of it is. You know, I find myself at night. I want to. I want. That's when I get because you have more free time here. You know, in Los Angeles, you know, a lot of your time is spent in traffic, or you know, or just crying in your car, or. Um, you know, there's just a lot of separation between things. There's no parking when you get somewhere. So you have to park a block away and, you know, it's just, there's a lot of barriers between you and comfort. And I'm not judging the place. I'm not saying that. Look, man, when I went home last week for three days, I, I went to the beach and I loved it. I mean, I loved every second of it. You know, I don't know if I've ever felt closer to God in my life than just laying out there 
after having just got out the water and just laying out in the sun out there. You know, just laying face down in the sand, you know. I mean, I was at peace, you know. Some big lady even thought I was a deceased body, came up and pushed my body. Thought I was deceased. So I don't know how many closer to God you can get than being than people thinking you're deceased, you know. I mean, hell, my brother would have hit a damn mint under my body. But um, but I do notice you have more time in a place uh, in a place like Nashville. You have more time. It's just easier to get around. Things are quicker and faster, and you get more time. So, um, so I find myself around eight at eight at night. I'm like, ah, oh, what do I do? You know, I have a couple friends here through AA program, and so they don't, you know. They ain't doing nothing. They trying not to masturbate or trying not to drink, you know. So we're not all like, oh, let's go meet up at this joint. So you just kind of like trying to find things to do. So that's kind of the toughest moments. You know, my toughest thing was last week I was struggling with masturbation really the past two weeks. I also tried testosterone replacement. I tried testosterone replacement and, uh, I mean, it just makes you just, I mean, it just, it just gives you so much virility. I mean, it'll make your penis reach for a damn deck of cards. I mean, it just, you so, it just, I mean, it just brings your body to life. And so suddenly you're more. You know, you'll just be doing nothing and your penis will jump into your own hand. It's just more, it's not that good. So I don't think I'm going to take it anymore. Um, it makes your hair thinner. You know, I, don't, I didn't like that. I find extra hair sitting around and I need my hair. You know, I, I definitely like having hair. So that's really strange. Um, and what else about it? Oh, uh, you also, they have, it's in, it's injection based. It's injection based, you know, and, um, I used to do steroids when I was young. Uh, you know, we used to shoot, you know, a lot of people know me and my buddy, um, Billy Conforto, RIP. And he died and he was one of the premier bus boys in America. Also probably one of the top. I would say 40 gay prize fighters or gay boxers, fist fighters in, I would say in the 1990s in America, in, uh, maybe in the world. I would say in the world, top 40 homoerotic fist fighters in, I would say in first world countries and uh, I don't know, second world you get into a second world country, bro. You get down there in Ecuador, bro, and a gay dude will beat the hell out of you, bro. It's nothing. That's casual. That's dancing. That's dancing for them. Um, but what was I talking about? Uh, man, I don't even know, dude. Oh, so yeah, you also have to take this other drug with it. They have a drug also that. Um, because if you take testosterone, it will, 
it makes your gonads, they call them gonads on the internet, but really it's your nuts. And it makes them smaller. And so you take another drug that makes your, basically makes your gonads regular size. It's kind of like a fluffer. It's like, a, you ever put a little air in your bike tire a little? It's like that. Just like that, man. But um, but anyway, I'm just real. I just don't think it's for me. So I uh, so I'm gonna quit taking it. You know, I've tried it out. It's been about a month, maybe six weeks, and I just don't. I think the hair. I don't want to lose my hair, and. I don't know. I don't know if I notice a lot of other benefits and stuff from it, really. Um, so, and then if you take the the the, the secondary drug that they have, if you, it, whenever you take that, it makes your, kind of makes your nuts feel like somebody hid something in them. It makes kind of, it makes your nuts feel like somebody just, blew all their breath like somebody just like blew one mouthful of breath right into them it's like you got this kind of you know it's like you got this uh it's like a it's just like somebody just puffed your nuts up a little so i don't like that feeling it's like you're hot it's like somebody hit a easter egg right in your crotch or something in your nuts and that makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't like that feeling. It just feels fake. So, anyway, so that's my experience with it. You know, and it's not, um, and you get it. There's different ways you can get the testosterone replacement. It's for sale everywhere now. And so I wanted to try it out. Uh, and and the injection part is a little weird. Like, I don't trip out on it that much because I did it when I was young. You know, to bodybuild. So it's just a low dose, but it does make me feel, you know, uncomfortable, I feel like. Um, and it just the upkeep of it and stuff, I just don't feel like it's for me. That's kind of the conclusion that I've come to. So, um, but yeah, man, I think if I find a good church, I think that, 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 that that's a good idea, you know? So I appreciate that, man. Um, what else was I talking about? You ever done any injectable drugs, Raleigh Mal? I mean, unless it's for surgery. Um, the, uh, what do you call it? The thing that makes you go to sleep for surgery. Other than that, no. Anesthesia, you mean? Yeah, that. Okay. That, that's the thing. But you never just, you know, you and your buddy, you know, never pulled off the interstate and done steroids or anything like that? Nope. Unfortunately not. Well... No, I'm not. Uh, I'm. I'm not. Uh, I'm not one of those guys. I'm like you know the calm, innocent kind. Yeah, I don't. I don't do any of those drugs. I don't do any of those like injections or whatever. Um, I mean, you know me. I'm. Yeah. Well, I don't know you, but I am learning that. Yeah, that is not your vice. Right. What would you say? Would you feel like is a vice if people say, "Oh, Riley Mao, say it's your funeral." Okay, we're at your funeral. And people are like, "Oh, Riley Mao, man, he's a great guy." You know, he, uh, 
he was an Eagle Scout. He was a Christian. You know, he was a um, he was a, a karate belt. He had a karate belt. He skipped lunch sometimes. He worked so hard. And what what would they say? But also, one of his vices was he did this. What would it be? You think? Um, man, I don't know. Well, I guess people would say that I'm more the. I'm more the quiet kind of guy until you really get to know me, and then I'm just like obnoxious. Like you will, you will regret wanting to get to know me because I'm like so obnoxious towards them, and I like I like talking a lot. Um, other than that, um, wow, yeah, I'm I'm a pretty quiet dude. Other than that, um, yeah. All right, man, that's something. Uh... People called, actually. We had a couple calls that came in here. Let me see what this fella said right here. Yo, this is Wyatt out in Nebraska. I was call- What's up, Wyatt from Nebraska, man? Thank you for calling, brother, and thank you for listening to this uh, this um, podcast. I want to give you a little Riley review. Uh, to be honest, I, was, I didn't think it was going to work out very well. This kid is 22, seems to be... A little young to be on a platform so big. Does he deserve it? Is he a relative? I I didn't know what was going on. There's some dead air. It's hard to pull answers out of them. It's really awkward. Uh, but I was going to give him a second chance and listen to your show right now, the second episode with him on there. And it's almost brilliant to have that type of feeling in the air. Like, it's just awkward. It's almost like part of the act even though it might not meant to be. It's, it's, it's funny as hell. And then your boy was telling me that he is Asian and a black belt. So that's a win-win. I'm, I'm now I'm... But that's easy also. Let's don't act like that's not y'all's sport, be honest. Right. Had him back on his side. I, I'm on the fence. I don't know. But uh, you're gonna need someone smart to do all those editing anyway, especially one that doesn't get out of that pocket. So, so there you go. That guy had some thoughts on you, Riley. And I'm not playing those to, as any judgment. I, no, you sir. know, um, I just wanted to let you know that people. Uh, there was a call. Let me see. Was there an? I felt like there was another call, but I do not see it in here. Um. So. Have you felt? Did you have you felt uh, from being on the podcast? I I love being on the podcast. You do? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Okay, man. Well, good, man. You know, we just want you to you know uh, feel comfortable here, and um, you know, I mean, just like life, it's always like you know, we kind of talked about it. it's like a learn. You know, it's just we learn as we go, and we don't really know what it's going to be like. You know, right? So, but I'm glad that you came back today, man. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, you bet, man. If you're an e-commerce seller, are you ready to meet the demands of a record-breaking online shopping season? ShipStation helps online sellers get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep customers happy. No matter where you're selling Amazon, Etsy, or your own website. That's right. ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface making them really easy to manage even from your cell phone. That's right, if you're selling something, you know, I got friends that sell, 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 sell stuff. 
You know, I got friends that run the Be Pure Apiary down there in Louisiana, and they sell honey and honey goods. And I should tell them, hey, use ShipStation. Make sure your business is ready to meet the demands of massive online shopping season. Free 60 days when you use offer code THEO. That's ShipStation.com. Make ship happen. All right, we got a call came in from a fella right here who probably has some problem. Let's hear it. Hey, Theo, this is Dennis calling out of Callahan, Florida. Big Dennis out there in Callahan. Big Dennis, let's hear it. And I was at work, and I just got stung by a bee in the neck. Mm. And I'm fucking livid, but I just want to express that, get that off my chest, man. I'm really, I'm really pissed. Okay. Well, look, man, I'm sorry to hear that, man. I know that it's, you know, a bee don't know nothing. A bee is like a blind guy with a damn hatchet. You know, he don't know you from Adam, bro. You know, he'll sting his fucking stepmother if you give him half a dollar. Like, a bee don't give a damn. If you crack open a bee, there ain't a damn in that thing. We had a fella, actually, when I was growing up, we, we used to go to summer camp. I, I think it was summer camp. I don't know. They didn't do anything, really. They kept us in a damn pavilion out at the park, and it was hot as could be. And everybody had Kool-Aid mustaches, and everybody had to bring their own lunch. And your lunch, your Kool-Aid would spill in your lunch thing, and it would get all wet, and you had to eat it anyway. So if you haven't had a raspberry Kool-Aid grilled cheese sandwich and we might not know each other but one thing uh we had they had a fellow out there who was a groundskeeper and a groundskeeper basically is somebody that's homeless but also you know it, it, you know kind of hangs out in one specific area and this fella bi they call him he would uh he had a glass eye or some type of textile eye you know, this fella had something happen. You know what I'm saying? He lost one of them bad sight balls and somebody, you know, hooked him up with that replica. And he would get bees. There were bees everywhere. Bees on every, there was bees on everything. Bees on every trash can had a thousand bees on it. And he would take a bee and he would sting right into his own eye with it. And it would freak the kids out because we'd never seen it. And then here you go, he's doing it. And he would just get a bee and just sting. And the kids, if it was a new kid or somebody that was coming to camp for a week, because it was YMCA summer camp. So every week is when you get a new kid in. And sometime, it, you know, some fella or some little lady come in there. Sometimes they get the little squirrely kid with the real pale skin couple freckles kind of some dark freckles curly hair creeping everybody out you know real kind of vein you know like real veiny eyes just he always had that one little fella creeping people and my friend daniel actually this little fella would go on our bus we had this miscreant fella riley mount named daniel and he would do cigarettes man or do you know he he's uh he um, super glued his own mouth closed once. And it just 
whole neighborhood was furious, man. And when they finally got it open, he laughed at everybody. Dang. So we had people like that. You know, we had real miscreants, dude. Um, We had a fellow drank a little bit of ethanol. This kid named Todd, man. And he looked like, he really looked like shit. But he looked like shit before he drank it. So... But, uh, anyway, what was I talking about, man? Todd? No, 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 not before that, man. Daniel? No, before that. Uh, oh. Bees, baby. Mother Nature's freaking pitchforkers, dog. Uh, and this fellow would just sting his own eye with him. Just take him and just sting right into his own eye. Because he had a, not a homemade eye, but semi-homemade. You know, to step up from homemade, like maybe they'd made it in home ec. So he had that, you know, he had that home ec eye and he would just, and if you didn't know, the new kids didn't know. So every time after lunch, he'd get a kid over there and get his, get a live bee and sting his own eye with it. Jeez. You have any uh, unique individuals or role models like that growing up, Riley? Oh man, as far as the, like, I don't think I can go that far as like bee singing in your own eye um other than that no i mean i've had like you know there's like those special kids that are like you know in special ed and you know i have a few friends in that too i have a few um blind friends that are like super good at you know audio at audio engineering at my school um it's crazy listeners huh big listeners oh yeah yeah they're like the best students there we had a guy like that too they call him the big listener Mm. And he was blind or something was wrong with him. He said he couldn't see and people believed him. Right. And he could hear. He was that freaking, that's that listener. You know, he was just damn Christopher Columbus on the listenership, man. He was just. And we had a blind kid that could play kickball real well. And he could hear the ball rolling, feel it on the ground. And kick it, just the damn Willie Nelson of kickball, just the real, I mean, this guy was just, just damn Kirby Puckett, man, this fella. Old fat leg, he had a fat leg on him too. A lot of blind people are fat in the legs. What else we got here, man? We got a young fella right here, hit a, hit, hit the hotline, man. Uh, let's hear it, here we go. Hey, Theo, this is Will. I called about a year ago. My daughter, Eliana, was born. Oh, man, congratulations on that one-year-old you got now, man. That's a beautiful treat, man. My buddy just had a kid about maybe nine weeks ago or something. And he sent me a picture of it, and it looked like a damn little ghost. A little scared little fella, but still beautiful, man. Amen. Let's hear it. Appreciate that, by the way. Having me on the show. Uh, I just wanted to kind of ask your thoughts about the Crystalia situation because I heard you and Bobby talking about that last week. And I was thinking to myself, if one of my buddies got into some deep stuff, some trouble, and he said, like, hey, I, I didn't do that. That wasn't me. Like, I'd want to back him. Obviously, the, the Crystalia situation is pretty uh, deep deeper than that um but i mean you even said like like two were mad about him talking 
to a 22 year old. So like, maybe it's not as bad as it cracked up to be. I don't know much about it, to be honest. I just know the base facts. So, I don't know, man. Do you, do you ever feel bad about not backing him? Like, well, I appreciate your question, man. Um, I mean, there's, there's, you know, and yeah, me and Bobby were talking about this the other day on, uh, on the episode, and I think I, I back, I back Chris. Uh, you know, like I check in with him. You know, I probably should check in with him again. Um, you know, it, it, Chris doesn't communicate a ton with me. We never have communicated like a great deal, like our friendship. You know, we haven't had like a deep, deep friendship. Um, I think he's one of the funniest guys that I know. I don't, so I don't know the extent of everything that's gone on either. You know, I don't know the extent. Do I believe everything that, that, that do I believe that the articles that people have written, like a lot of it, seems like hit pieces to me you know but also i don't know everything about it you know i i i feel like um it's really tough you know because people do everything now for clickbait it's really tough um but i do know that i you know that it's tough for a, a lot of his friends and, and a lot of his associates and, and co-workers to know what to say or do because he hasn't really said much. So I think in a weird way, we're all kind of waiting, not waiting to hear from him. I mean, and he did say his piece, there was an article he that he had, or that was about like his side of the story and his thoughts on it. And, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know if there's like legal stuff that he's facing. I don't know. And some of it, it's interesting because it's like, it's not my, you know, like, um, it's not my responsibility to, or it's not, it's none of my business to bother him, to bother him about any of that. You know, I check in and say, hey, you know, or, you know, how are you doing? You know, thinking of you. Um, I don't look at, I mean, the media often looks at people as one dimensional. Oh, they're just this. Or that's how it seems a lot of times. Um, but I mean, I support, you know, I support my friends as much as I, you know, I love them. You know, I want him to be able to work. Um, I'm grateful that he has a family right now that he has a wife and kid and that he has people that are close to him to support him. And people to keep him hopeful and excited. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know what a lot of his behaviors were. Like, really, no. You know, I don't know. I don't go, you know. I, I'm. I, I, so it's like, you know, yeah, you, I have their back. I have my friends back. I mean, a lot of everything we do, you you don't see it on podcasts. You don't always hear about it. Um, there's also a lot of like, a lot of guys are afraid and a lot of people are afraid, I think, just of, you know, of a lot of just, you know, are they going to be written an article about next, even if some of the stuff it doesn't even have any validity. Um, you know, it's scary. 
It makes me feel uncomfortable. It makes me feel scared to even talk about. Like I have to watch my words. Um, Because there's people out there that want to take people's livelihood away. But then also, if people did uh, something that is illegal, then I feel like that they should be held accountable for it. But also, I don't feel like people that if they did something illegal, that that damns them as a someone that I could should care about or that there's not more to them as a person. I mean, dude, we're all like just tr- messed up creatures trying to freaking balance right between the sand and the, and the and the and the water so uh you know it's tricky out there it's tricky out there it's tricky in here it's tricky inside of ourselves man it's tricky everywhere but i when people say you didn't back him what does backing someone look like i mean i've let him know that i love him i've let him know that you know, I'm here for him. I've let him know that if he feels like he has an issue or uh, with anything, that he's welcome to, you know, I go to different meetings for all types of stuff. So he's welcome to come with me anytime he wants to or. But I appreciate the reminder, you know, maybe I should check in with him again and just, you know, remind him that people think about him, you know, that people care about him. You know, I texted Callan the other day and told him, you know, to keep his head up. Um, just as I would text any of my friends or communicate any with any of my friends who have something bad happened to them. You know, just as I'm sure like the accusers or are, are, are the victims of, of the alleged incidents or their friends are supporting them. You know, it's, I don't know. I'm just human, man. I I, I don't know. But, um, anyway, man, let's get another call or two that came in, man. I want to thank everybody that came out about the, uh, Cedar Rapid. You know, I want to thank everybody that came out for the Cedar Rapid show. And, uh, let's get those calls right now. Hey, Theo, it's your boy Daniel, again at Northeast Arkansas. What's up, Big Daniel? Out of Northeast Arkansas. You ever been there, Raleigh? I've not. Well, actually, what is Northeast Arkansas? Like, what cities? Man. Let's hear more. Uh, not, I don't, I don't not, not the hot hole hitter, but, anyway. Uh, man, just letting you know, we'll be driving up there Saturday, come see in Cedar Rapids, as long as my wife doesn't kill me while we drive for seven hours. But, uh, man, I'm just going to let you know, along with helping people dealing with uh, addictions and everything, you also help us who only had a mother growing up and uh, and wasn't very close to her. Uh, a while back, let's see here, you said how your mom had to be your disciplinary figure and your comfort person. And, man, that, just that comment opened up a slew of emotions I didn't even know I had just from realizing that. And uh, Anyway, I, I was able to put my... Uh, relationship back together with my mom and uh, you know we, we're a lot stronger now so thanks man thanks for the nice call man uh i hope you guys enjoyed the show yeah seven hours with your wife in a car that's really 
I mean, that should be a damn game show, I feel like. That should be, uh, that should be a really a, a dirty game show. But, um, yeah, man, well, I appreciate you saying that, man. Uh, you know, my mother actually went to, it's almost just funny in full circle. My mother went to college over there in, um, Cedar Rapids. And, um, and she met her first husband over there, uh, over there. And, uh, but yeah, it's funny, man. I, you know, it's interesting when a kid, you know, when you just have the single parent, when you just have the mom and I didn't realize it till I was older, I just looked at my mom. It's like you start to, I think not having a dad around you in a weird way, you hold that against your mother. I mean, you would you just hold it against whoever's the remaining parent. So I think if it's if you just have a dad, or or I did, I don't know if people do, but then suddenly you know, yeah, your mother has two roles, and and I don't even know if our moms realize it at the time that suddenly they're the mother and the father, and and it's just so much, man. There's so much that goes into all of it. But yeah, I was holding probably, I was probably have always been, I probably held, I was holding, I was holding or maybe still hold things against my mother that maybe were a, a father's responsibility. And that's why sometimes I get hung up on like, yeah, I like the two-parent system, man. It's, you know, it just, because I know what it feels like not to have it. That's why. Some people, you know, they get all political about it. Well, you don't like you. You don't think two women can raise a kid, or two men can. Ra- I, I don't know about all of that. Or I can just, you know, get my eggs fertilized at the chemical plant or whatever, and I can have a family. Yeah, I think all those things are great things, and it's okay. But you know, I just the only thing I know is that when you when you don't have that, you. There's just part of you sometimes that just just doesn't develop or something. I don't know, man. Uh, And sometimes it's easier for me to think about these things, and sometimes it's it's harder for me to think about them and feel them. Because thinking about stuff doesn't get me anywhere, man. I really have to feel it. Like, I have to, like, try and take myself back to the place of when I was a kid and what did it feel like, you know? And, and and how you know like and think of myself and looking at my mother and like did I look at did I think of her as you know I have to try and navigate those feelings and really see where I land sometimes but um but yeah man life is it's just man there's just so many there's so much going on, and I'm not trying to be a downer or anything, man. I appreciate the nice words, and you know. And then in the end of it all, it's like, what am I? I can't still. What am I still going to hold grudges from? You know, it just doesn't do me any good. So as much as in some places, me, I feel empty. If I pin my emptiness on somebody else as their fault then it's just really just 
it's just creating it's just create it's letting that emptiness still create more negativity and as much as it hurts to have to just deal with it myself and to patch it up sometimes it's just like that's the only real solution cuz man yeah sometimes i still want to blame i get you know i just want to blame and but usually those feelings go away pretty quick uh, or those moments where I feel that way. But anyway, man, thanks for bringing that up. You know, uh, and yeah, I hope your wife didn't kill you. And I hope you guys had a good time at the show. Let's take one more call here. Here we go. Hi, Theo. My name's Kristen, and I just got home from your show in Cedar Rapids. Me and two of my family members drove out there from Chicago. And I just wanted to thank you for the laughs. It was a really good night. Um, we had a family member pass away earlier this month, and it was nice to just get out there and take a break from reality. So just wanted to thank you, and we love you. And gang, gang, thank you so, so much. Gang, mama. Thank you. Thank you for that nice message. I'm glad you guys made the trip. You know, that's a three-hour trip right there or something. Two hour. And you made it. And yeah, man, we put a lot of laughter up into the sky out there. That's one nice thing about being outdoors. That laughter can hit the air, baby. That's airbound. That's free. That's no walls caging up the vibes. And we let it hit the air, son. I mean, we were using profanity. They could hear it three buildings down. They could hear it a block and a half away. And we lit it up. So, I'm sorry to hear about that. I'm sorry to hear that you guys lost somebody that you loved. But it's powerful to hear that you guys, you know, took their spirit with you and put and took it out and did something nice, you know. I'm glad, you know. Yeah, sometimes I think, you know, that the laughter, it just hits the air and it goes right on up to heaven, man. And that's all they hear up there. That's the only thing they're allowed to hear up in heaven is just laughter. So that's the only thing they can really hear. Or good sounds, you know. You know, they don't let bad sounds in there, only good sounds. What's a good sound, you think, Riley Mal? I mean... Good sounds as in, like, just anything in general. Like a good sound, yeah. Um, I mean, laughter is a good sound. Um, I don't know, a rocket flying into space is a good sound. An elephant, I like elephants. Elephants are a good sound. What What do you think is a good sound? Laughter, I think, and, uh... What else, man? Sometimes a little sexual activity, but I won't listen long if I hear it. If the neighbors are doing it, I'll listen for like like two or three seconds. But I ain't listening. I'll like listen a little and then pretend like I I'll be like, oh, what is that sound? But then I once I hear, definitely know if it's sexual interaction, I back off. You know. So I don't listen to a lot of that, man. But, um, what else? That's it. Thank you for the call. You know, I love you. And, um, 
And I hope you guys had a good time out there. I really do. That's important. That's important. That's all there is, man. That's all there is, is moving on. Getting in the car, going on, getting on the train, getting on the bike, getting on the skateboard, getting back on the horse. And keeping it moving. That's all there is, man. I feel like we've been through a lot and... um. You know, I've just been thinking about, uh, well, I haven't really been thinking about anything, actually. I got to ice my ribs down a little. You ever had rib damage, Raleigh Mal? I have not. And I don't want to. There you go, folks. The hot take from Raleigh Mal, baby. Let's get into this the same way that we came in. Uh, this is North Mississippi All-Stars, and you talk about not giving up. This band has been at it uh, forever, and I mean, um, they are just so beloved. And uh, this is off their album, Up and Rolling, and this is Drunk Outdoors. guys be good to yourselves man and i'm gonna try doing the same thing to myself ladies and gentlemen i'm jonathan kite and welcome to kite club a podcast where i'll be sharing thoughts on things like current events stand-up stories and seven ways to pleasure your partner the answer may shock you Sometimes I'll interview my friends. Sometimes I won't. And as always, I'll be joined by the voices in my head. You have three new voice messages. A lot of people are talking about Kite Club. I've been talking about Kite Club for so long. Longer than anybody else. So great. Hi, sweetheart. Here's a deal. Anyone who doesn't listen to Kite Club is a dodgy bloody wanker. Charmaine. Hi, I'll take a quarter pounder with cheese and a McFlurry. Sorry, sir, but our ice cream machine is broken. I think Tom Hanks just butt-dialed me. Anyway, first rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Second rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Third rule, 
Like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts or watch us on YouTube, yeah? And yes, don't worry, my Brad Pitt impression will get better.